Thank you for tuning in to PropTech Revolution with Johan and Simon. On today's episode, we will be discussing how IoT will enable a greener future for the built environment. Buildings are living and breathing units that consume a disproportionate amount of energy, including water, air, gas, and electricity. As we know, newer building standards ensure that buildings are much more energy efficient than older buildings. However, there is a massive opportunity for improvement in the retrofit market and even in the newer buildings to continue to raise the bar when it comes to our footprint. I'd like to spend some time with Johan today on going over some of the most obvious areas of opportunity that we see in the field and how IoT can help build a greener future. Johan, how about you walk us through some of the examples that you see in the field uh, as it relates to, to, uh, to, to a greener future in, in the built environment? Sure, thank you, Simon. So, I mean, there's a couple of areas, obviously, that, that um, consists of a built environment. Um, at just a high level, it's obviously the air, air conditioning, the air quality, the gas um, consumption of, as relates to furnaces and cooking, for instance, water, electricity, and then obviously um, sub-management and sub-metering of those resources. So if we start at the top, IoT and air quality, for instance, right now all the sort of um, all the HVAC systems is what we would call a, a dumb system. They effectively have a, a temperature switch or a air quality switch that would just look at a simple parameter and decide off the base of that single parameter as to switch on or switch off. But as we've seen before is different airflow in the building can cause different qualities um, of levels being detected throughout the building. So by monitoring through the use of IoT um, the air quality index um, for the building you can then predeterminedly switch on the HVAC system and um, regulate the airflow in certain areas to ensure the quality of the air is to a higher level while reducing the energy consumption for so the system. So really what I understand here is that what you're saying is with granular sensing instead of generic sensing of, of air quality in this case, we can effectively better use the um, HVAC system so that it provides pointed energy uh, or, or air air handling or air quality uh, in areas where and when required thus saving on the overall uh, footprint is that right correct yeah, yes. I agree I think that's a it's it's a it's a topic that's been uh, talked most uh, these days especially with with the the pandemic and, and uh, the sensitivity around, you know, the quality of the air we breathe and, and what we do in the field and so on. And uh, people returning back to work and what does that look like and how is that going to be required? You know, air quality is going to be required for, for, for people to feel safe at work. But I think it also brings up a, a, a large opportunity for improvement when it comes to, to the amount of energy we consume and or yeah, energy we consume as it relates to, to, to the air that, that, that's being pushed in or out of the building and, and using, you know, air quality sensors to, to, to manage that throughout a building, especially in those high-rise towers, uh, will be a very, very important correlation 
to make so that we, one, make sure that everyone feels safe at work, but two, also help landlords and, and building managers reduce their, their ecological footprint, as that's another very important subject that we need to, to keep addressing. Correct, yes. And I mean, it's, it relates into the next topic as well. If you look at gas and the consumption of gas and furnaces for temperature regulation, especially in winter time and the summertime when sometimes you have rainy days or, or hot humid days, if the furnace is set um, purely by a threshold on a temperature sensor um, and switches on and off, it has no insights as to what is happening around it, whether it's cold or hot or humid or not. And I mean, a, a, a good example is, for instance, if a building is set to 22 uh, degrees Celsius year-round and all of a sudden for a week long you have a rainy period with wind and it's cold, there's really no need um, for the furnace to be to be running on that set interval. So all of a sudden by incorporating temperature and, and insights from outside weather sensors, you could uh, switch off the furnace for that period and just rely on the building's um, insulation to, to keep that constant temperature and thereby reducing the amount of energy required to regulate that building. Now, obviously this plays nicely into the, the previous topic of air quality because effectively you would only switch on the air vents then in that to regulate the air quality and not so much the, the temperature itself. So there's, there's more often than not a very broadest insight that can be gained from having control over these different resources used in the in the older building. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. I think we, we what you're saying and what I, I understand is that we usually tend to see things very unidirectional in the sense that okay well this building needs to be heated or kept at temperature X and right now the temperature is Y so we need to you know, give it some gas and make this furnace work so that we get to X versus Y. And instead of doing that, we should look at buildings as part of an ecosystem, uh, which includes the exterior uh, environment and, you know, the, the, the related air quality, temperature, seasonalities, humidity level and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other factors that we should we should be uh, including in here but by, by looking at this from a holistic standpoint rather than just a you know a, a building standpoint um, we can can definitely see some opportunities to improve uh, some of the, 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 the energy we're consuming on a day-to-day -day basis as it relates to gas and, and, and how IOT and, and sensors can help you know, help us again with with uh, reducing reducing that footprint. Correct. I mean, it's it's you can take that to to the infinite level. Um, as an interesting topic, there's a there's something called a, a thermal mass heater, um, in more layman's terms, a concrete a concrete block, and it's used in in sunny areas quite often as a passive way of heating a building, where you effectively have a big thermal mass that's quite um, dense you would put it outside in the sun, let it absorb heat for most of the day, and um, then bring it inside to radiate that heat out over the next few hours. And it's a free source of energy. 
Now, very similarly, if you have a high-rise building that is mostly concrete construction, that building takes the entire day and it will actually absorb heat through the walls. But the propagation from the outside of the wall to the inside of the interior can sometimes be three or four hours before it actually reaches the inside. So by monitoring a parameter like the, the um, sunshine for the day, you can more or less target as to when you're going to need more of the furnace and when not, because you can have this golden period where all the heat, heat absorbed by the day gets radiated into the building. Um, right. Just passively. It's so true. So, so true. And we aspects. never, you know, we, I, don't, I don't think, at least I have yet to hear or see, you know, innovation and or consideration for such for, for such uh, technology or such just just more in-depth knowledge or, or you know looking at things a little differently I think we, we seem to always look at, at the uh, at the picture painted and I uh, want to improve the picture painted rather than just paint a new picture and, and create our own kind of picture of what the what this world or what this building or you know could could and should look like and what you're bringing here is a different perspective and so smart, so clever, yet um, at least I haven't seen it uh, being applied in the field yet. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's it's the sort of, I mean, the, the onset of IoT is sort of what sparks the sort of thinking in a lot of new startups as well at the moment because it's first principle approaches to an old problem. Instead of trying to copy the industry with the um, technology that the industry has been using, with all these IoT sensors that's battery powered for long periods of time, you can take a new approach to these buildings and IoT allows you to do that. So it's it's really a game changer. Agreed, agreed. I mean yeah, so much so much to be said, so much to be done. So it's such an exciting space to be in. I think in, in you know, to, leading on to the next next sector um, that we wanted to touch on, which was water, something that I know I'm very passionate about and in that you know, connected sensors plays a, a big role in is um, the, the the usage and in, in um, just the water space in general, and uh, that's another sector that needs that, that needs a lot of improvement uh, when it comes to, to a greener future, and um, you know just a couple things I can I can touch on or, or see in that we are doing or trying to do uh, in this space is uh, simple things such as water monitoring, uh, monitoring your water for, for your building. And oftentimes it's, it's not even a consideration, yet when we get, get down to it, these buildings are often wasting significant amount of fresh water, which as a result, you know, one is we waste a lot of fresh water, Two, we waste a lot of resources pumping this fresh water into the building and resources just such as gas and, and electricity and we, we, we never really think of this, right? Um, and so by, by doing simple things like just monitoring your water and having continuous insight on your water consumption uh, for your entire building, let's say it's a high-rise, uh, you'll be able to find things such as problems with your blowdown cycles, um, such as leaky faucets, toilets, infrastructure leaks, as, as we call them, which are often never even, th th those problems are often never even 
uh, brought up to the landlord or, or to the building manager because the tenant tenants just don't don't seem to have a vested interest in, in making sure that those you know resources are, are improved or, or fixed and so on and, and all of which wastes a, a ton a ton of energy uh, in the water space and, and again just, just with with sensors a few few different type of, of, of water sensors and we can we can make this water space much more efficient and and as many of you already know water's a uh, uh, limited is in limited supply at least fresh water is in limited supply um, and, and we talk about this often uh, at connected sensors and you know some some very basic simple things can be implemented to to help reduce water consumption or gain water insight so that you may in turn you know again reduce your ecological footprint so uh, yeah that's uh that's my two cents on on water for for a change here uh, Johan, maybe you can share with us uh, maybe some some of your thoughts on on how IoT and, and electricity can, combined can can help for the near future. Definitely. So I mean, you've touched on water, and it's funny you should mention that um, the tenants don't have a vested interest. But the the funny thing is, and this leads into power as well. The submetering aspect will inherently force people to start caring about those items. Because all of a sudden, with IoT being used to submeter, the tenants would see the water bill because of the leakage, and therefore you force them to address the issue. So it's a win-win all the way around for everybody. And electricity is is just another one of those items. I mean, right now, just due to the way that these old buildings has been set up, is all your hallways was generally always lit, and some of the new or uh, more Proactive property managers would have PIR sensors put into the hallways to switch on and off as you move through the building. But there's risks in doing that and not having a holistic approach, for instance, for building management. One of it is safety. If you have a fire in the building, you can't rely on every single sensor to switch on and off as people move through the building. So having a, a master override switch, for instance, and switching the entire building on for that event is critical to see what is what is happening or in the other fact if there's a massive water leakage to switch everything off now obviously you can switch off the main breaker but what this allows you to do is, is, is to concentrate and target specific areas in the building so you don't affect more people than you need to and therefore that again increases the comfort level and and the sort of reliability of the system for the rest of the tenants and not affecting everybody by one apartment's issues for instance the electricity then also goes hand in hand with the air quality assurance and things because obviously the less the, the HVAC switches on, the more energy is conserved um, and therefore you get a saving there. The lighting controls, um, more specifically on a granular level, if you think about the um, smart lights that you can use in the apartment that proactively switches on and off as you move through those buildings just by implementing um, those devices you can reduce your, your power consumption by 20 to 30 percent without causing any significant effects or discomfort to, to that tenant's Agreed. way of life yeah. so a lot can be done just by changing the way we set the building up um, and it's not it's not difficult to do it just takes Agreed. a great approach that's so true and there's 
it, it's so simple. It's something that can be retrofitted um, after the fact. It's not something that we need to do, you know, only on new buildings. And and I think this speaks to, you know, exactly what uh, what we're talking about here in the retrofit space and, and the older buildings is. You know, this is kind of part of what what IoT can do for this for this world is is bring, you know, a new approach, a fresh fresh look at at um, you know a greener future by implementing some technology like IoT that is a lot less disruptive, intrusive, with a limited hardware requirement if you want. And uh, in a short period of time, we can get to to much, much better, much better footprint, uh, which also means money savings. And uh, and that's that's what usually drives the bus. And so uh, speaking of, you know, probably just uh, to touch on before we, we finish off here is is submetering. I think that's um, something that is such a, a hot topic, at least in 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 my uh, in my view is that you know especially in the multi-res uh, space we have there's you know the way the buildings were, were built originally in many many years ago was such that uh, tenants would pay like an all-inclusive price that included water gas electricity and or a combination of, of those and maybe they just paid for gas maybe they just paid for electricity but for the most part the tenants were never uh, build completely for the resources they used, and the landlords would charge them a uh, an all-inclusive price that included kind of uh, the cost of the water, electricity, and gas, and so on. And in in new buildings today, we we find that most of these resources are now submetered, and that the landlords are are you know offering a a, a lesser rent factor but that the tenant needs to then be be charged for gas electricity water and what we're seeing and what we're finding is that those same resources in those buildings are all of a sudden improved because there's a, a, a you have a tenant now that cares about their energy consumption because all of a sudden they are paying the bill they're the ones that are you know, looking at that that bill at the end of the month, and you know that makes a difference of you know a few bucks, and often that's what again goes and, and drives the bus forward, and then they let their landlord know or the property manager know, and, and those resources are are, are you know, mitigated by you know making sure that you know those, those problems are fixed, and so how does that relate back to IoT? Well, again, submetering. Uh, and IoT go hand in hand. Um, we, there's technology out there that can help landlords submeter even in the retrofit market for electricity, for gas, for water. And so all of a sudden, we can look at this and go, huh, okay, how might we look at buildings that are built in the 60s, the 70s, and so on, and how might we speak to landlords, and how might we go ahead and make the necessary changes that are somewhat disruptive, but not necessarily very disruptive, so that landlords can in turn charge their tenants for water, electricity, and gas. And all of a sudden, and we, would, we will, and we have seen, 
improvements in the water consumption, the electricity consumption, the gas consumption in those units. And, you know, again, it goes back to that better, uh, a greener future, vested tenants that, that care now all uh, about their, their consumption of energy and, and uh, more money uh, saved on, on, uh, on, for, on, from, from a landlord perspective. And, and it's a win-win for, for the environment. It's a, it's a win for, for the landlord. And it's a win for the tenant because the tenant pays a little less because, you know, they, they have a, based on the resources they use, they'll pay a little less on, on their rent factor or total cost of leasing if you want. And basically everyone wants from, from, from a solution such as that. And, you know, that's just one more way IoT and sensing can help reduce our ecological footprint. Definitely. And, I mean, you've illustrated it well. The, I mean, from my side, just a, a closing comment is people often, often hear sub-metering and they have a negative connectivity to it because, obviously, as a tenant, that means that you would now all of a sudden be liable for more costs as to what you were before. And that might be a big shock going from a from an older building to a new building, where you were never you were never had to do this. Although it was a bit more um, amortized between everybody in the building as a one rate. One way of of dealing with that, and it's also another thing that IoT enables, is actually the gamification of that savings. And the gamification of these sort of things is a big industry right now, as to how to change human behavior through. Um, incentives. So by doing submetering on um, gas, water, electricity and giving the tenant that insight as to how much he's using and offering different reward levels as to how he saves and how he changes his behavior to get a better um, outcome, he gets rewarded for that. So it doesn't always have to have a, a negative connectivity to it. And there's a lot of things we haven't even touched on or discussed as to how that can happen. But that's at a high level. Thank you for that. I think that's a, another fresh perspective, unthought of, or at least I hadn't thought of it. Um, and I really appreciate that. That's a, it could be a very clever way to make this a uh, fun and incite, uh, you know, enticing opportunity for everyone to, to win again. Folks, this uh, wraps it up for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the PropTech Revolution. And we will see you in a couple weeks for an episode with Johan and Simon. If you find our topics interesting and you wish to discuss them with us privately, you can reach us at one eight five five prop deck. That's one eight five five P R O P T E K. Thank you.